Like a ton of this movie plays like June is trying to fuck back. It Becca. comes so close and then doesn't. It's so disappointing every time. At this point, she's like, all right, strap it on, Becca. And I was like, oh, they're going to fuck. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <they're gonna> fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, I'm going to use some ice and lime and salt. And I was like, oh, fucking interesting. <laughs> what are you doing? Really? Lime? Where the hell? Lime? Where Wedges or the, the whole thing? The like on a ice. string of lime? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, margaritas. Boo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I like that. That's a good idea. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because this is how the intro starts. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Eli's dad is dead. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I picked, I picked up a bad habit wow. from one of the characters in the movie. Hit me. The character does that a lot. <laughs> I got no Sorry. notes for this episode now. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And of course, that guy you hear there is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Jokes on you, Heath. So's my grandma. Oh wow! Yesterday just happened too soon. Mwah. Um, God. I think I watched the wrong movie. We what was your guys' <laughs> movie? About? I watched a movie with the title <laughs> "My Daddy Is in Heaven," but it's it's about a a girls' weekend. I what was yours about? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was about. See, like that's an unanswerable question. But before we even try, I'm gonna turn it over to Heath to tell us what will we be breaking down today. All right, we watched. My Daddy is in Heaven. It's the story of a wonderful, kind-hearted, bisexual atheist woman with an unfortunate case of awkward, death-themed Tourette's. You heard <laughs> I picked it up from her earlier when I yelled at Eli about his dad. I apologize for that. And, and the Tourette's sadly prevents this woman from hooking up with her best friend whose husband dies. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well... If you feel really guilty about the long weekend it took you to get over the death of your husband, but you still want to cash in on the children's book you wrote about it, you <laughs> will love this movie. Yeah, to love this movie, it has to really be about you, I think. <laughs> I bet the author of this movie loves this movie. I don't think he does. The guy who wrote this movie is the same guy who wrote What Would Jesus Do? And What Would Jesus Do 3? The sequel <laughs> that ignores part two, that woodcarver bullshit. Joseph Nasser? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh -huh. Lovely. Um, I don't think he's super proud of this one. I Okay, so honestly, can anyone tell me the the difference between like the plot of this movie... And watching a candle burn for 90 minutes. Um, a candle burning is an appropriate title for what you're about to watch. Like if you, if you said you want to watch a candle burn, you would see a candle burn. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I got it. I guess. Yeah. Because, okay. So, and we should just throw this out right up front. This movie is ostensibly based on a kid's book. Right, it? it comes up right at the very beginning. It, it says based on the children's book, and then you're watching this whole movie going like, "What kind of fucked up children's <laughs> book is this?" We learned some deep lessons in a children's book. We'll get there. Yeah, well, yeah. As it turns out, it's more the origin story of a children's book, but it's way more fun to think of a little kid's book that tells exactly this story. All right, but before we get to that story, of course, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to say best worst 
understanding of, of how a, a bar works. <laughs> so, uh, just in case anyone's not familiar, you ask for a drink, the bartender serves it, and you drink it while, while holding it like a human being. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. They get every phase of this process wrong. They're, yeah. They're like eating glass. They're, they're doing... <laughs> Mime routines with beer bottles. Is this how I do it? Am I being normal? Do you stab yourself in the eye? Yeah, this this movie seems to think that you go up to the bartender, give him a compliment. He hands you a bowl of instant drunkenness, and then you perform interpreted dances with it for the next 16 hours. And then hand it back undrunk. Undrunk, it's, it's so yeah. <laughs> right, with liquid still in it. I'm the bartender now. Right, Here you so. go. Don't forget to tip your waiter. Me. I was going to. Okay. Yeah. And we've watched International Gorillas. We can still say that. That's how bad this movie does it. I was going to go with the best worst. This character is going to die in three, two. Oh, that was the funnest part during the three, two count. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good. Best. I mean, obviously, they give it away with the title and everything, but as we get ever closer, it's ever more obvious that this is the moment. Anyway, I'm going to go with best worst Christian turning point. Now, we've seen movies where your lungs filling with blood are the reason you accept Jesus, or Cliff from Cheers is nice to you for a second is the reason you accept Jesus, but I think this is the first Christian turning point in a movie we've watched where the answer is, I'm going to become a serial killer. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure the moral of this is that our main character becomes a serial killer. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by that theory. Um, then this movie would be about something. Who's the main character? Good call. Yeah. All right, well, obviously, Heath has a lot of dead Eli's dad jokes to get to, so we don't want to keep him waiting. We're going to pause for a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into all the deleted scene contenders that are My Daddy is in Heaven. And that's a wrap on My Daddy is in Heaven. Woo! Rap party! Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just one thing. Uh, hey, Dave, yeah. you want to come over here? Frank? Uh, come here. Come here, Frank. Come here. Give me a hug. Give me a hug. Uh, okay. okay. Um... Getting a hug. Frank. Cool. Frank. I love you, man. Nice. I love nice. you. Good. Good. Uh, good working with you, too. Dude, no. Fun. No. I love you, Frank. Yep. I love you. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, I was just going over the dailies and uh, like the week's dailies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. TGI Fridays. Where are we going? And, Woo! Yep. Okay. Um, so there's nothing in the movie about the little girl's daddy being in heaven. And that's. No. No. Linda. Linda, come here. Come, come talk to Frank. Lee, you coming to Fridays? Okay. Come to yeah. Fridays. Yeah, okay. We've got the dad crying. There's the farm stuff. There's a lot of uh, Becca drinking. Drinking like us tonight. Woo! Yeah, right. Rap party. But, but other than that, we have like just two minutes of conversation about heaven total in a movie, again, called My Daddy is in Heaven. Really? Just, just two minutes? Two minutes. I, what if we threw in a voiceover at the beginning and the end? Uh, that'd be like 2.30 at that point. Okay, well, I guess that's going to have to be it then. That, that's going to be it. Okay. Uh, if you say so, we just... Frank! Frank! I'm riding in your car. Okay. I'm getting a sizzling Vegeta. Don't get that. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and 
we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to open up with a little girl telling us all about heaven. <laughs> yeah. This one starts like a Lee Strobel chapter. <laughs> she got <laughs> shot in the head, yeah. You disagree with this movie, then you disagree with me, an adorable little girl who has cancer and survived the Holocaust. And she's speaking entirely in nonsense. She's like, when I was told about Tevin, they told me it was a giant shrimp and a fat, skinny guy. Yeah, right. They told me about this place that makes sense when you're too young to understand logical contradictions. And then we get the title, My Daddy's in Heaven. And then we cut to a redneck in a truck just rednecking it up. Just playing my mixtape for driving home from a hate crime in my truck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love this. This song... Cowboy up. Wow. <laughs> My music note here is, wow, there really are no gatekeepers in country music if you're white, huh? Yes. Oh, my God. That song is filled with such Susian rhymes. This guy deserves his fate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I really, really want to be there for the writing of that song. All right. <laughs> hey, Chris, come on in. Hey, Noah, thanks for having me. Um. You remember my songwriter, Spoon? I'm sorry, Spoon? That's what they call me, Spoon. Why? It's the only thing I can use without grievous self-harm, whatever the hell that means. Right. Explained it to you the other day. Okay, so uh, about your song, Cowboy Up. The hey, new one. I love that one, Cowboy Up. Yep. Right. So that's in the song quite a few times, mm. that lyric. Um, and it's just a little worrying to me. I was wondering well, if I could. Oh, uh, how so? Yeah, so how? I think it's the first one. Potato, potato, giant golden crucifix. Okay, so this first verse, you got a cowboy up when you get throwed down. Throwed down. Get right back in the saddle as mm -hmm. soon as you hit the ground. Yep. You heard that the tough get going when Ooh. the going goat's tough. Around here, what we say is, boy, you better cowboy, cowboy up. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a true story. I fell off a horse a few years back. I just got right back up. They's all like, no, you got to go to the hospital on account of your skulls all caved in, but I cowboyed up. Right. Okay, I'm going to leave a lot of questions aside. What does that mean? You know, cowboy up. Cowboy up. Like a cowboy. Like a cowboy. What, you, is, what did he just say? Is it a variation of man up? Like being yeah, more well, up, but, right? Yeah, but cowboy up. Okay. Cowboy. Not right. man. That's, that's not good. But here's the part that really worries me, right? So here's the next verse. By the end of my last season, they said I was among the best. So I proudly called my girl back home, hoping she would be impressed. But her mama said she'd married a guy that I used to call my friend. But before the first tear could fall, these words came back again. And then it's the cowboy yes. up. Yes. Got a cowboy up. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. That seems like a just a really, really depressing message. I mean, the song is about losing the love of your life and then not being able to cry about it. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess so. You got a cowboy up. Yeah. So. Okay. Can we just pay the speeding ticket and not get into a gunfight with the FBI? Cowboy up. No. Great. All right. So dad gets home. Mom's just made cookies on account of the having of a vagina. Right. Exactly. 
And uh, we should point out, mom is the white lady that did the hay and love different. Yes. Yes. Which I keep expecting her to break out in the hay at any moment. But this movie, she may have been a slightly more racist character in this movie. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So dad's putting together a bike. Apparently it's July 4th. So dad's gone out and bought july 4th presents for everyone (laughs) and again we i cannot describe how thickly they're laying on the happy family stereotypes it's like here you go here's a fresh made cookie here's a super ugly crucifix from k jewelers you got me a stuffed doggy and a bike (laughs) and it's christmas now for some reason just like the stupidest Stupid. Like every silly. action this guy is going to take, it's going to take 25 fucking minutes for this guy to die. But every action he takes will be like, here you go. This will be super meaningful when I die. Oh, it's the best. And at this point, mom's like, don't let her ride down the hill on the bike. And I'm like, all right, if this guy dies going down a hill on a little girl's bike <laughs> with pink streamers, I'm going to be so fucking happy. He just gets <laughs> sidelined by a truck. Cowboy up. Also, that guy was playing cowboy up. I was just playing. Man. <laughs> this is ironic. How I'm dying. All right. So now we get mom working in. Why she's so country. She calls people about needing to pay for bags of feeding hay for a living. Oh, fuck off. Ugh. Is she, she's a debt collector for their farm or she's in. Yeah. Charge of him. But it's it's just this weird, friendly southern way to collect debt. Like, well, you know what? I know you owe us twenty thousand dollars, Jimbo. But if you want a chicken wing and barbecue, you better bring that money. You hear me? Okay, I'll talk to you later. I'm running my business like a friendship who lent out a DVD of Blue Crush. <laughs> yeah, maybe have people pay when you give them the farm that stuff. Would, that like would that. solve so many that of their problems. The entire problem of the movie, we'll find out. Pay. And I would just like to point out that she has exactly the kind of hillbilly accent you'd expect of an actress from Northampton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, but what we what we're establishing here is that she's sure is good at her work and has a smile on her face and just loves everybody now while her husband's alive. Right. <laughs> so now we head to America BQ. She's a, we're just at a barbecue full of like Hard-working coal miners and mechanics <laughs> with dust on their brows, pretty country girls, Bigfoot. It's just you know, all the things that people believe exist that don't. It's just filled with it. And then Corbin Burnson comes in to say, hi, I'm going to be the uh, Cliff Clavin of this movie. By the way, in case you're curious. <sighs> Enjoyed L.A. Law. Don't anymore. <laughs> His opening speech is so insane he's like all right everybody thanks for coming um my wife is dead kind of funny if you think about it Um, and if you ain't here to have fun get the fuck Fuck off yeah so weird he's like banging his fork on a red solo cup trying to give a speech (laughs) attention okay this doesn't work attention everyone my wife is dead Drop that beat, MC. End of speech. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Mate, she's probably in heaven making God some of that good sweet tea of hers. That's an actual line. And then he's like, and now it's time to fucking party. So I wanted him to whip his dick out. You know, my wife's dead now. Can't nobody stop me. 
<laughs> Who wants a piece? Some get some. But okay, so they're having their July 4th barbecue, and now mom runs into bad plastic surgery lady. Oh, man. Madge. Madge, yeah, yep. yeah. I found her somewhat attractive. <laughs> so, it was really? Medium. I, I mean, have a skeleton I think, to sell I you. I feel <laughs> like the Jello pot pie is where she got you, but we'll, well get there. She makes some good foods. <laughs> so, all right. So she, okay. Someone help me with this analogy. Madge looks at, okay. So the main character's name is Becca, right? And, and, and Becca's looking at her husband, having fun. And Madge comes up and says something about how he's like candy that's been dropped on a dirty floor, but in a charming way. The three second rule. Yeah. Her her metaphor goes so insane. She's like, you remember when you used to drop your candy in dirt and slop and literal human shit and then it would get covered by a bug and then a crazy doctor would come over and inject it with the AIDS virus? <laughs> what would you do? And she's like, eat it anyway. Exactly. That's your husband. I'm gone now. What? You understand my lesson, right? <laughs> Men age like wet candy rolling along the floor of a public bathroom. It's just more and more pee and poo on themselves and STDs. True, true story. Sure wish my husband died at 35, so I didn't have to watch that sad, sad decline. Sex from, it's like a new episode of Fear Factor every time I just, brrr, all right. I'm gonna fuck this thing. It's a lot of poo on you. You got a lot of poo on the side of your face. You gonna wipe? Nope, not gonna wipe it. Okay. It's in all your creases. How'd you get it all the way up there? It's all the way up. <laughs> what did we say? All right. So, oh, and then dad's gotta pull presents out of his ass for a little bit uh, longer. And then him and Ma have to dance and talk about how they're gonna have a. A new baby. Yeah, and he was in the military. He saved puppies made of bald eagles. Put a one-legged guy to hop over. Saved my life. What? Saved my life. Just, there's, a, there's a naked gun-esque line of people just waiting to say another thing about him that the people watching this movie will like. We all built Confederate statues out of pure gasoline and then explode them just for fun. Yeah. And uh, and then they, they decide they're going to have another kid, too. Yeah. He's like, oh, I was thinking, let's have another kid. But like a real one with a penis. You know what I'm <laughs> Birth me a son. And then, okay, and then we have this bizarre transition where Corbin Bernson says in broad daylight, time to start the fireworks. And then the next scene, it's pitch black. Everybody's stumbling <laughs> around. Honey, put out the sun. We're going to have a hog tie <laughs> or a nanny or something stupid and poor. Who cares? <laughs> Right. And again, so the title clearly spoils the plot, right? Right, yeah. Uh -huh. So all I'm doing at this point is just guessing ways for him to die. Because right, I know this yeah. guy's going to fucking die. He has to die. So at this point, I'm just rooting so hard for him to get shot in the face with fireworks. Because that's what they've, <laughs> they've introduced. Every time they introduce something, I'm just like, hey, he gets killed by this? Yeah. It's like Final Destination. You're like, uh-oh. Oh, yes. uh, kitchen uh. knives. <laughs> <laughs> but of all the things they introduce, it's going to be the dumbest, Okay. So he's sitting there with a with a uh, wife and the daughter, and they're like, "We're cold." And he's like, "I'll go get you a blanket on this here four wheeler. Promise not to die." <laughs> he gets on the four wheeler, says, "Live in the dream," and I wrote, "Okay, anyone who says live in the dream when they get on a four wheeler <laughs> deserves to die." That's how you're just you're just ringing that bell. Yeah. So he heads off on the four wheeler, and then we get the. 
laziest goddamn crash that we've ever not quite seen. He gets attacked by like a Wakandan drone or something. I don't know. They go over there. There's no reason for him to have crashed or fallen. No. There's like a piano on top of the ATV, a bloody anvil where his head used to be. Nothing his makes ATV sense. ATV spontaneously combusted for yeah, some reason. Right. No, fell apart like the Lego car you were sure was going to go. And then, of course, Corbin Burnson happens upon him just as the fireworks are going off. <laughs> fireworks. Right as he dies, the fireworks are peaking. It's like yeah. kind of bad timing. Just to be like, I see a light. No, that's the fireworks. <laughs> you can go to him or whatever. It doesn't really matter. So now, okay, so we cut to dad in the ambulance. Um, mom is getting in the way and demanding explanations for everything. Wait, hold on. How? What gauge is that tube? Yeah, I just wrote, he's running <laughs> all the medical procedures past the guy's wife first. Yeah. Right. And right. We should point out because so many of the like EMT emergency responder listeners who watch these movies along with us messaged me to be like, please point out how irritating and dangerous that is when people's <laughs> spouses think they're going to like do a fucking ride along like I'm a cop with a 16 year old who won't stop smoking pot. <laughs> Let, I tell you what, I'll do the medical stuff and you stay there and pray. They're literally yeah. the only thing you can do that's worse than what you're doing is interrupt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many cc's on that IV drip? It's not. It doesn't fucking matter. You know what? You're kicked out of the. You're out. You're out. So yeah, right. So he flatlines. Um, they use the magical heart starting batteries. Okay. Yeah. What would you need a defibrillator? Like the bruises he got gave him cardiac yeah, arrest. I guess. <laughs> he fell off an ATV. Yeah. All right. So um, now we're gonna cut to mom in the waiting room praying. Yep. And by the way. Dear Christian movies, it is not in your best interest to remind people of all the times prayers don't work. Don't spend 10 minutes of your Christian movie being like, praying, 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 <laughs> failure. Yeah, right. Over and over again. <laughs> don't show this part. It's in the title. We know what <laughs> Yeah, right. We know this isn't working. <laughs> what you should have is her starting to pray, but somebody interrupts her. She slips. <laughs> Something like that. God damn it. Um, So so she's praying. The doctor comes in. This is not a very good doctor in my mind. I mean, maybe he's great at doctoring, but his bedside manner could use some work. It's amazing. He walks in and he's like, so your husband's uh, surgery, it went very, very well. And she's like, oh, so he's going to be okay. And the doctor's like, no. No. No, you didn't let me finish. Uh, you know what I mean? We're harvesting his organs, which yeah. went well. He's pretty much dead. He's in a giant but, coma that he will never recover but the from. Organ but harvest, the organ harvest is great. We you got his seen eyes. my surgery. I was just like, well, pa. I did a little scalpel flip thing in my hand. I was like, push it to the limit. I don't usually Usher. hit that trick, and I nailed it first try. <laughs> People cheered from the theater thing. Oh, you're all crying. I was just... I feel like you need to let me finish what I'm saying. This is on you. This is on you. Rude. You're rude. Good organ harvest. So she goes back to visit him. He's all comatose. Um, And then we get this scene where like she's apparently been here for a couple of days. So now she's like, it's Sunday. And since you couldn't go to the church, I brought church to you. Right. And so she starts reading him the Bible. And I think we're all thinking the same thing. Really wanted that to be a different verse of the Bible. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> hey, baby, you're going to be just fine. It's Sunday. 
and I know you can't come to church, so I thought I'd bring church to you. Oh, hello, nurse. Hello, don't let me interrupt. Go ahead. Okay. Where are you in the Bible? Ezekiel. Oh, that's nice. And the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with her whoredom. And she polluted with them, and her mind was alienated from them. Oh, okay, that Ezekiel. So she discovered her whoredoms, discovered her nakedness. Then my mind was alienated from her, like as my mind was alienated from her sister. Yet she multiplied her whoredoms, and calling to remembrance the days of her youth, wherein she played the harlot in the lands of Egypt. For she doted upon their paramours, whose flesh is the flesh as of asses, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Uh, maybe maybe a different verse today? Oh, it's it's his favorite verse. It, it is. It is. Keep, keep, keep going. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Okay. Now where was I? Horse cocks. Right. Horse cocks. And that's the verse I would want read. Horse no, horse cock. Who doesn't want the horse? Well, I mean, verse? if you're gonna read to me while I'm in a fucking coma, exactly. Do horse come? I, I also love it. Like the nurse here is like, uh, she's like, yeah, that Bible's exactly what he needs right now. Honestly, these tubes and shit are just for show. Gotta, <laughs> we gotta just find a bill somehow. Am I right? But no, it's the Bible that does the work. Heavy lifting. So now we cut back to Grandpa's house. This is where the little girl is staying, and little girl's impatient, and Grandpa's funny, and she doesn't want her dad to be dead. <sighs> it's it's this weird, like, she's being a real brat about her dad dying. It's like, can I go say, no, eat your oatmeal. <laughs> what if I apologize for causing his death? And I wanted so badly for Grandpa. So it's this moment where the little girl's like, I'm sorry, I was cold and I made Daddy get me a blanket. Are you manipulated yet? Are you manipulated oh, yet? It's so I want Grandpa to take her up on it and just be like, yeah, yeah, what did you fucking learn? <laughs> <laughs> Bring a jacket. Obviously. Asshole. Idiot. <laughs> you killed your dad. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look away. Look at me. Just grabs her face. You killed <laughs> your dad. But, but no, but Grandpa says, no, no, it wasn't your fault. It was God's fault. I mean, plan. Plan. Yeah, same plan. thing, really. He actually same. says that. Yeah. This was God's plan to murder your father. I'm going to try to convert you to this God guy now. Yeah. <laughs> God's plan is for you to be fatherless and fuck weird older guys for a while. <laughs> a big chunk of your life. Uh, you'll understand later. Yeah. Some well, of them are attractive. <laughs> you'll like it. So he goes to get his Bible. He's like, we're going to have some fun with this Bible so you can understand why your dad's dying. And I'm like, yeah, that'll that'll comfort her. Ooh, ooh, doodly do back to the horse cock. <laughs> doodly do back to the horse cock. <laughs> All right, and boy, did the Bible comfort that little girl. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, honestly, I dare any Christian to find me a part of the Bible that would comfort a child. <laughs> Possible. Right. Um, all right, so then we cut back to mom uh, arguing with the doctor, you know, again, giving her medical expertise. She's like, I saw his eyelid twitch. He's alive, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, I wanted her so badly to go full Shivo. I wanted her to start moving his mouth. I'm just fine. I can go home and fuck my wife some more. I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then meanwhile, back at the farm, grandpa doesn't know what he's doing. He can't computer at all. 
Uh, it's like, okay, let's see. XXXBigBootyBitches.com. Well, that's not the order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess while I'm here. Well, I'm here anyway. <laughs> and again, this movie is so conflicted between, I mean, you got to learn Excel and the old way's the good way, damn it. So they have this amazing scene where he's like, excuse me. I'd like to do my business over the phone like we do in America. And he gets put on hold and just starts crying. <laughs> so, okay, eventually he starts crying, but first we watch him hold for an absurdly long time. Long enough for me to wa- write in my notes, we're watching him hold and then hit caps lock and write it again. This is, <laughs> this is supposed to be like the saddest moment in a movie about a dead father and his daughter. Yeah. I just wanted like a bunch of young farmers in like Iron Man suits to fly past the window <laughs> laughing at this old farmer. <laughs> Haven't figured out your arc reactor yet, huh? Ordering on the old phone. Man. And here's the thing. He's crying because of his son-in-law or whatever, but it, it really does feel like he's like, press one for English. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also love that he's so sad because it's like it, they're, they're clearly showing, nope, I guess that Bible didn't work. Probably should get some therapy or something. I mean, yeah, you know, while we're at it, show me the parts that comfort a grown-up, too. I dare you. All right. And so now we we cut back to it's been a week, and Becca hasn't left uh, her husband's pre-corpse yet. Right. And her dad's like, oh, honey, I can't business at all. I was I called and, and put on hold, and I cried. I did that four times in a row. <laughs> but I really, honestly, I need you to come back and do the the business Please come to that. <laughs> and again, they're like, they're showing off how bad their religion is because they're like, you know, he's like, honey, the doctor's done said he's not going to wake up. And the wife is like, Jesus, raise the dead motherfucker. He can handle this shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's why that's a dangerous <laughs> thing to believe. We're going to the farm upstate. Let's go. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay, daughter. Bluff. Bluff called. That's that's all. That's all fake. Your non-coma daughter needs to have a mom. You need to ha- be a mom. Yeah, right. And is this the, um, your husband's very weak right now breakdown moment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The husband's <laughs> like, um, he's brain dead. So we're going to unplug this shit and use it for somebody who's alive. And she's uh, like, he's not weak. He's not I, weak. Declare Paxis. Paxis. I wanted the doctor to just grab his arm and like sarcastically arm wrestle him. He's fucking weak, lady. All right. Oh, oh he's almost got me. No, just kidding. His muscles are atrophy. We have fun. We have fun. Oh, God, I also wrote in my notes at this point. Oh, wow. She needs to not act. Maybe learn to whittle wood or something. Maybe there's another career for you in whittling. Right. And I want to point out at this point, I didn't know that this movie was going to be about a girl's weekend. So I should have appreciated all this dying daddy while we had it. But at this point, this movie should have been called My Daddy's Taking His Sweet Time Getting Out of We're 20 minutes in. It's not fucking dead yet. Yeah. All right, but now he is. This is the scene God. where they Finally. take him off a of life chanting, support. Die, <laughs> die, die. <laughs> yeah, so they take him off a of life support. That's it, by the way. They had him on that instantaneous death support <laughs> stuff. His, his head immediately rolls sideways. They just like take the oxygen mask off. And boom, and he's blam. dead. Honestly, <laughs> they might as well have taken off his hospital bracelet and that <laughs> killed him. <laughs> and he just falls apart, right? His arms and legs fall off or something. 
They take off the mask. He starts coughing violently. No, don't worry. This is normal. He's, he's still in the coma. No, I'm not. The mask was suffocating me. It's not on. All right. So they have his funeral. And now we get this scene where mom's just kind of sleepwalking through life. Now the one with the, the tea kettle in the background the whole goddamn time. And I, again, I want to be very, very clear that the message of this movie seems to be that like when your husband dies, you need to, how can I put this? Cowboy, cowboy up, up right yes. away. <laughs> really right away. Her husband just died and she isn't like jumping on the kettle right away. And they're like, look at this fucking shit. <laughs> I, I wrote my notes. If it turns out she's been standing there for 40 years, I'll get this scene. <laughs> Her middle-aged daughter's there with the kids. Yeah. Uh, ma. But no, yeah. So like the kid wants some cereal and she can't just get the fucking cereal because she's too widowy. And then she screams at her child like an insane person. And then Jimmy Urban, the cowboy, shows up. <laughs> I wanted him to walk in. Hi, I'm Jimmy Urban. Uh, this is my house. I know you're going to a tough time. <laughs> you're actually up the street a bit. Uh, didn't want to interrupt, but that's my tea. <laughs> Got it at Whole Foods. So, yeah. Okay, so a guy that she's never met has shown up to, to grieve with her. I guess yeah, he's just like, yeah, hi, I'm Jimmy Urban. I don't mean to intrude, but uh, this plot needs a turn. I, I just 20, wanted to let you know. 26 it's almost act in. two, ma'am. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I was really I was honestly writing like million dollars. If anyone could tell me what this movie's about half an hour in. <laughs> right. But he's he's a complete stranger and he's just like, yeah, let me in. And yeah, he, I hear you don't have a husband. Uh, it's just you and your daughter. I'd like to sit in your house. No, my entire I, appearance, literal black hat and giant <laughs> snifter of brandy that I carry around makes me seem evil. But please let me in your house right now. And it, she does. What can I can't think of a ruder thing to do to someone who's grieving. Right. Because he just comes in and he's like, I have a story about me to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> So he comes in, they, they sit there awkwardly for a bit because this movie's really trying to get to an hour and a half. And then he starts telling his story. And he his story is that he was out drunk driving with his kid in the car and killed his kid, which he delivers like, you know, and then I realized I hadn't paid for the sodas under my cart. Felt like an asshole. It's Felt like fucking, a total asshole. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. And and the the point of his little story is like, but your husband, he was great and not judgy about the whole killing my kid thing. <laughs> gave, me a, gave me a book about how has a lot in it about how it's okay to kill a baby. So <laughs> yeah, better. right, right. That is the right time to give somebody a Bible, I guess. Yeah, but he was a drunken heathen and then her husband gave him a Bible and he turned good. And I'm thinking, like, why isn't he in jail? This is not like a 70-year-old man. If you negligently <laughs> killed your kid while drunk driving, I would hope you don't make it out by now. But below the Mason-Dixon line, it's fine. It's like he just rubbed him in maple syrup, brought him up to Canada. It was totally cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. Judge was like, no, kids should have cowboyed up. But the Bible that he gave him, he's come to bring back the Bible because I guess it was the family Bible. And that's the whole point of this. Like this guy drove to goddamn wherever to hand back the special Bible that he'd been given. And Becca seems pissed off about entirely the wrong part of this revelation. She's like, is that where that Bible was? I was looking for that shit. 
looking for that fucking thing everywhere. I'm putting a tile in it right now. There you go. Yeah, right there. Okay, good. <laughs> Fuck. I have been having the worst week because I could not find that Bible. Let me tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But now, but, but she gets all pissed off and she's like, I don't want your damn Bible. That's just words. And I'm like, ah, she's losing her faith now because prayer is useless and God doesn't exist. I like where this story is going. <laughs> yeah, this movie, except for the last, I would say, 36 seconds, we'll get to it. It's just a lovely freeing yourself from faith story. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so now we get to uh, uh, back at the hospital. It's time for us to meet fat huggy friend June. Oh, June. And I just want to say the actress who plays June does a phenomenal job. This is her only Christian movie. She obviously hung out with these people for like 30 seconds and was like, oh, you know what? I don't need $1,200 this badly because she is, <laughs> she is trapped in this movie. She's all alone in the woods. Just <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> genuinely funny and genuinely talented next to a woman whose facial expressions barely match a human's. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I think I feel like it's one of those like she looked good compared to the people in this movie things. Possibly. I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I guess when when those are the lines they give you, what are you gonna do? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is her old friend from back in middle school or something that she hasn't seen in ten years. Yeah, and she, but by the way, this is June. She's the character with the like awkward death-based comment at the wrong time Tourette's thing. Yeah. So uh, immediately she's like, we all wanted to kill you and your perfect boyfriend back in high school. How is he? Because <laughs> like, ah, oh, funny story. Quick question first. Do you guys pray? Yeah. Uh, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> so, and then there's this awkward moment where she's like, you know, I'm an average. And she gives this huge, long description of how she got into her business and everything. It's like, this is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, that was awkward, too. She's like, yeah, I, I sell magazines. The business model is actually really interesting. So, sorry, it's not about me right now. You just told me <laughs> you your husband died. I <laughs> said I made fun of a second ago. It's See, I felt like she was a drug dealer who was, like, trying to figure it out on the fly while dealing with the awkward death thing. It's like me trying to figure out if someone's an atheist, just like radio. Uh, but it's not. It's like talk radio that you download podcast. Oh, your eyes got scared. Yep, that download radio. That's what I do. <laughs> Downloadable radio, the way of the future. What shows do you like? That's the one I make. So... <laughs> So, yeah, so June wants to hang out. Um, Becca needs to be alone to work on her acting. So her uh, June gives her a business card. She's like, well, just call me like mid-act two or so. Picture a toll booth on the information superhighway. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> just take, take the business card. <laughs> oh, and, okay. And this is just a tiny little scene, but I have to bring it up. This We cut then to her on the porch with the Bible. <laughs> oh my god and she and the bible are giving each other the silent treatment yes <laughs> sitting on far ends of the bench together and as if that's not silly enough then she like slow-mo pushes it off the back of the <laughs> thing it hits with a thunder clap uh, would have been so much better if the bible slowly shoved her off the bench yeah right <laughs> that would be an act three all right so with that done we cut to six months later now, great storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> pedals still going. She. <laughs> so okay, the important thing to learn now is that she's no longer that sweet Southern belle on the phone. She's frustrated and angry and impatient and widowed. 
Yeah, and this is where we meet the character of Charlie. <laughs> right? Poor Charlie. It makes and no sense. Charlie is just wandering through this movie being like, hey, can you all get your shit together? Yeah. And in this first scene, his job is to walk in and be like, hey, your dad messed up all the invoices because he kept trying to phone call Excel.com. So <laughs> maybe you could figure this out. And she's like, you need to call me Miss whatever. I don't want you to call me by my first name. And he's just like, yeah, I'll call you whatever the fuck you want. You're $70,000 in debt. And she's like, you're $70,000 in debt, Miss Smith. To you. <laughs> I'm mean because my husband's dead. Yeah, right, right. Well, it, it, it's just what the, the writers couldn't figure out what she was going to be pissed off about in this scene. So it's just random, weird shit. Yeah, they all, they also couldn't figure out what Charlie's job is. Yeah, right. What does he do? Like, we we learn over the course of the scene that he's he's in charge of lifting bales of hay and counting them. That's a uh -huh. farm thing. <laughs> yep. Um, also managing their IT department <laughs> and running their database using SQL programming language. Also building doors. Also, too. yeah. Yep. Also the fact that she doesn't have a door is his fault too. Yeah. That's how stupid the scene is. She goes, Charlie, shut my door. And he's like, you don't have a door. And she's like, that's right. Get me a door. <laughs> well, and, then, and just just in case in your we home, yes. <laughs> and just in case we weren't getting the bitchy boss thing uh, enough, as he's walking away, she's like, "Also, can you tell them children to stop with all the joy and happiness?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, the daughter runs in and she's like, "Hey, mommy, I was just enjoying my childhood and breathing God's fresh air." And she's like, "Fucking cut it out!" And she's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's a bad mom for not wanting her child to scream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or a Shih Tzu to bark in the other room while you're trying to record your goddamn movie episode. <laughs> All right, so so she goes out to where Grandpa's listening to Jesus stuff on the TV. She comes in, she's like, can you shut up that Jesus nonsense? And I'm like, okay, I agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't bitch at Charlie for me not having a door, but that, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. To which he responds, hey, pretty woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about a prostitute. <laughs> right. No I feel like we don't say pretty and woman together anymore without thinking about Richard Gere buying a hooker, right? right. I don't know. That's, yeah. That's all that means. That's now. what that means now. <laughs> yep. Nine and 11, like those words mean something now. You can't yeah. be like. Spe oh, and speaking of which, speaking of nine to 11, that is the, also the range of the acting in this fucking movie. Everyone starts at nine and ends at 11 in this goddamn movie. Like, when she walks in here, like, uh, dad is immediately like, uh, well, if you need to go back to church and then stop doing bad stuff all the time. She's like, I like doing bad stuff because I'm a widow and I'm bad mom. Right, and again, his point here is that, like, she really needs to cowboy up. It's been six whole months. Yeah. Since Ab her <laughs> husband died. Yeah, uh-huh. Probably for a reason. Probably got killed for a reason by God. You should just fucking relax. He's yeah. gay or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's yelling, God killed my husband and my mom and all the dead people. If you think about it ever, that's it's, really bad. Literally, God has killed everybody. It's just a sea of bodies that he oversees like a, a giant evil demon with strange laws. All right, never, you're gone. You leave the room. <laughs> So she wakes up pregnant, Robert Loja yelling at her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but she's got a plan. She needs to leave this farm and her savior, apparently. For yeah, she's just like, I need to get away from here. And 
So I'm going to save our audience a tremendous amount of time. This will never make sense. So here's what I suspect happened. The woman who eventually wrote this children's book, like, went on a long weekend with her girls and did a bunch of shots and had a bunch of fun. And then when she came home to her terrible life on a farm filled with Jesus, she was forced to feel guilty about it. So she has reconstructed this movie as that weekend being her trying to run away from her responsibilities instead of a weekend of rest that she needed to get over the death of her husband. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's the origin story of this movie. So, okay, it's time to to check back in with June, the friend that she ran into at the hospital earlier. She's going to be our comic relief when it's not Madge cooking. And she is so good looking. I am... I'm into it. She's doing some some mirror work here, and I just want to say, mm-hmm. I just want to say, I was all about it. Yep. <laughs> Agree. So two votes. <laughs> now this is a weird conversation, right? So she calls this person that hasn't seen her in ten years, and she says, "I think I'm going crazy. I want to come live in your house." <laughs> but here's how here's how June answers the phone because again, she has death Tourette's. Hello, I'm alive. The first thing she says, hi, it's Becca with the dead husband. Oh, he's not alive. Love it Shit. if you'd stop making fun of that. Shit. Raise your hand if you have zero dead husbands. Sorry. Yes, so that keeps happening to me. That keeps happening to me. And then she sa- so she says, can I come stay at your house? And she does this like long pause thing. And she's like, oh, never mind. She's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Classic psych out widow. <laughs> yeah, oh, what? I love that. When my mom's husband died, I was like, oh. I guess I'll never see you again. And then I didn't call her for a month. And I got her. Oh, she took a bunch of pills. I, I'm talking about me again. Anyways, it's like a pyramid. You sign people up. And even though you're not selling products, say, ah, we'll, we'll talk about it when you get here. Also, at one point, June says sexiness never sleeps. Mm-hmm. And that is how I answer the phone from now on, by the way. Sexiness okay. never sleeps. All right. I'll be looking for that. Uh, but yeah, so Becca's going to leave her daughter there, you know, at the house and go live with her friend because she doesn't love Jesus anymore. And June is going to get off the phone and go fuck Tom. Apparently. She's going to fuck the shit out of Tom. I was a little jealous of Tom at this moment. Yeah, I don't deeply, think. Deeply jealous of certainly Tom. Certainly no one has ever been that excited about fucking me. <laughs> no one has ever. Anyway, all right. And then. <laughs> Guys, we need to bring Lucinda back into town. It's gotten real dark. <laughs> My families are all dead. I might have a house. Lucinda hasn't been here for a week. Noah's only in hot pockets. He's fine. He's the same. He's right. <laughs> Apparently, I just little. lay there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we get uh, mom just like so she's just told grandpa and the daughter that she's going to fuck off for a bit. Yeah. And again, they are just very, very disappointed she would ever leave this mausoleum slash failing business to her dead husband right yeah right because like again if what she needs to do is she's like hey i need a little time to gather myself together like it's pretty reasonable yeah right but they play this as evil atheist mom yeah the daughter's like okay i feel like you're abandoning me isn't that like a wrong thing and she's like no there is no basis for absolute morality so (laughs) is what it is atheism yeah is doesn't equal ought asshole slaps the kid also there's this great moment so they use this little girl as an emotional manipulation tool at every chance they can but they can't actually get this child actress to cry so in this scene she just looks like she's taking a shit on grandpa's lap she's just like yes. <laughs> i wanted to be like oh oh it's a number twoser here yes. we go oh no <laughs> 
All right, so then we we cut to her showing up at uh, Comic Relief's house. And this is another great, like, inappropriate moment from this woman where uh, uh, Becca goes, June, you look great. And June says, and you look, never mind. You look like, like your husband, Dad. I mean, yeah. no one to look good for anymore. Am I right, girl? Come on in here. Let's get dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's already 11 a.m., so it's time to start drinking. Margaritas and nachos at 11 oh, a.m. Keith, it. we found the girl for you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you're wondering if this character will just continue to prove that she's Heath's soulmate throughout the movie, you are correct. Oh, she, are. she will. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But the movie seems confused by its own awesome idea of margaritas <laughs> and nachos. I don't understand. Just embrace it, assholes. Yeah, so they're going to get all crazy and godless together because I'm pretty sure that June is trying to fuck Becca. Yeah. Right, like a ton of this movie plays like June is trying to fuck. It Becca. comes so close and then doesn't. It's so disappointing every time. At this point, she's like, "All right, strap it on, Becca." And I was like, "Oh, they're gonna fuck. Excellent." Excellent. Gonna fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, "I'm gonna use some ice and lime and salt." And I was like, "Oh, fucking interesting. <laughs> what are you doing? Really lime? Where the hell? Wet this or the, the whole thing the like on a ice. string?" Of and then it was like, oh, margaritas, boo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I like that. That's a good idea. But And they have this back and forth where Becca wants a non-alcoholic beverage and June just keeps suggesting alcohol. And I just want to say that conversation, very much like every conversation I've ever had with Heath, just like, iced tea, <laughs> Long Island iced tea. No, just like water, tonic water and gin. Gosh, gin. I don't understand. <laughs> Just have a drink, nerd. It was like <laughs> it was like every waiter at a nice restaurant trying to process Eli's garbage order. <laughs> like this is the best steakhouse in the city, sir. You want you want a tomato juice and a tomato? Is that what you're going to order at this steakhouse? The best one, in the city? but and not on a plate, please. What? Where do? You, how do you want it? Rolled Can up you in hold a it in your hands? I'm and not going to hold gently, it in my hands. No, please, sir. No, sir. Just hold it, and I'll gently bite. I, look at how it will look at how gentle I bite. Yeah. I, I'm not even. Yeah. I don't even really turn like the idea of giving down. you a tomato you at all. Are you going to eat it like down. an apple? No. So, yes, no. you are. You were here last week. <laughs> you ate it like an apple. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so now we got to that night. Uh, June and Beck are all drunk and friending, and she's telling this horrible june is telling this horrible horrible story that they're all just giggling about yeah she's again like christian movies learn some small talk she's like so he proposes but i'm like that ring's not nice i'm glad your grandma's dead oh anyways <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a weird moment yeah like uh yeah i took his ring and then i took his hand and i brought him to a cemetery and i took a long wet shit on his grandma's <laughs> grave and i was like bye no, <laughs> boo. Heath's soulmate. Um, <laughs> exactly. And I love what I love about this is that it's that fucked up of a story, but they're, they're playing it like, you know, fun stories. Just having some fun. Us yeah. Girls. Fun fact, by the way, the actress who plays June is the crying girl from Mean Girls. From Mean Girls. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, OK. Um, love that movie. So. So now we get uh, back on the phone with dad. Grandpa still he can't deal with the darn farm. 
And again, yeah. every time she talks to him, he's done another like thing that the movie knows is bad but won't admit is bad. He's like, so I gave someone a cow instead of a horse because it has <laughs> four legs. Don't tell me that was a bad idea or I'll vote for a Nazi. <laughs> Do you want to write an op-ed about how you should be nicer to me? So, <laughs> and of course, she's talking to a little girl, and she's like, don't forget to brush your teeth and wash your face. And then grandpa cuts in and's like, and say your fucking prayers. Yeah. Or you'll end up where daddy is. Hell. <laughs> yeah. Because you fucked before marriage. <laughs> exactly. This is where we learn that grandpa explained where daddy is, which is how he explained heaven to this little girl without mom there. And I thought for sure mom was going to go into an atheist rant and just be like, have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? Hold on. Let me <laughs> so imagine your dad's in a box with poison. It's kind of like that. I feel, oh, I, I mean, got to undo this thing your grandpa did. <laughs> All right. So now uh, it's time for June and Becca to go out on the town and teehee Becca can't high heels. Uh, we're going to get that joke about 75 times. Yeah. Oh, well, all the jokes we get, we get 75 times, right? Like the one woman can't cook. We're going to go back to that 300 times. She can't walk in high heels 300 times. Even the alcohol bit where she's trying to get a drink and, and, and June keeps trying to put alcohol in it and shit. Well, that was a funny concept, but they played it for like 11 goddamn minutes. <laughs> anyway, so they, they drive out to the, the club. Uh, uh, June gives her a little redneck wisdom, and then it's time to party like soccer moms. <laughs> And they they walk into this club. The first thing that happens, we see we see a self serve popcorn machine at the front of this nightclub. So yeah, no, it's, it's pretty hardcore. Clearly yeah, a church nightclub, or wherever. Yeah, nightclub slash circus. It's going to be the best. <laughs> so June goes up and she orders two shots. Just in general, literally those words. Yep. We'll have two shots. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. Just any liquid. I would like shots brand alcohol drink in two glasses that have to be shaped like shots, which I will not be handed. No, no, they don't even hand her a shot glass. It's just a regular glass, which Becca holds like she's expecting someone to put alms in it. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Do Christian people never learn how to hold a drink? Like fucking it's like four movies in a row. That somebody holds a drink like a squirrel with a bowl of porridge. That's <laughs> why are you being so weird about it? Just hold it one hand. Fuck. And again, this is the transition in the conversation. We're gonna do shots. You know, my father said I would never amount to anything. But look at me now. I cannot what? emphasize enough that that is exactly how the conversation goes. Yeah. Like, drink, my father said I'd fail, but fuck so him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we get the little drinking montage, which should end with them dying of alcohol poisoning and the bartender going to jail for continuing to serve these two slobbering goddamn drunks. They had like, right. a, they had like a dozen rounds. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not get like judgmental. That. You don't know how many hours the montage was. <laughs> they're, just, they're doing keg stands and then they're doing a wine tasting and then they're smoking <laughs> meth out of someone's balls. It's just the weirdest. They get everything wrong. Yeah, and again, this is where they, they hand full glasses of drink back to the bartender yeah, and we're so like they have no understanding they, they literally they think a bar works backwards from the way it works like that <laughs> they're about to jump over the bar and start taking money out of the register and just walking out like one of the next scene one of them's holding a dart the other one's just throwing the board at her like <laughs> idiots it's being nice to black people they had everything wrong 
And God. So then we cut to grandpa and daughter having breakfast with bad cook, worse plastic surgery lady. Uh, she's serving chilled monkey brains and snake surprise. Yeah, spaghetti with jello. I mean, See, that's worth several minutes that, of funny right there. Yeah, like that could be good. You guys are being weird. Why, <laughs> why is this whole movie being judgmental about spaghetti and jello? They, right? Jello, especially. Like spaghetti, good. Jello, yeah, this good. Whole, this whole movie is an attack on Heath's life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need some savory jello flavors, is what we need. Like, let's talk about it. <laughs> I think that'd be good. Parmesan oh. jelly? Jello? Like, <laughs> best. God. What? You, uh, you wouldn't want Parmesan cheese jello? I would jello. not want Parmesan. You don't eat the clumps of. Parmesan out of the thing and wonder yourself. What if they made oh, this into Jello? No, I could have no. this cool so, in the uh, fridge see, every it's day. The, surpri- the twist of this week's episode is that me and Noah thought we were having the saddest week, but yeah. every week's the saddest week when you're eating just eating chunks of Not when you have Parmesan cheese, Parmesan, and wondering if it could be Jello. What Whatever. desserts could this right. salt be made? Parmesan <laughs> humidity clumps are awesome. You guys are assholes. <laughs> Write us in. You guys, so, you, you, everybody vote on this. We'll find out whether I'm crazy or you're crazy. So, Parmesan like humidity that? chunks is the name of my Rush cover band, by the way. We're playing this Thursday <laughs> at the Y. Please come. There's a 16 drink minimum. That's how bars work. Going so right. I'm doing Asiago clumps. <laughs> so then uh Becca and uh and June are are cooking. They have to have a, a one-on-one. And she's gotta have the whole it's my fault my husband died because otherwise if he didn't know me, he would have been in a different town. Wow, didn't really think that one through, writers. <laughs> Did you? And I love how, again, June's just like, okay, I get your husband's dead, but don't fuck up the, the peppers, right? The peppers. <laughs> so I could chop the peppers and you can mourn, but like, it's not. Quarter inch at an angle. We talked about it. So she's like, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's just the guilt, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance of my Lord and Savior. We're on three at this point, I think. Right. And at one point, um, June says, she's like, can I ask you something? She's like, honey, I'm the mayor of Blunt City. And false. Noah is the mayor of Blunt Thank City. Thank you. Seen, all right? Thank you. <laughs> Although if this actress wants to come have a smoke off with Noah and then hang out with Heath, possibly marry him so that he's not eating mm. cheese chunks alone in the kitchen <laughs> wondering what desserts they might be. We're all for it. I just want to say we'll fly her out here. Be us together eating cheese chunks. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, back on the farm, we're feeding horses and realizing the logical contradictions of Christianity, even though we're six. I mean, like this little girl, like spends most of the movie walking around going, I just thought of another race and your religion don't make no sense, grandpa. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh, OK, why don't we feed the horse some some carrots and just shut the fuck up? <laughs> Didn't want to uh. introduce this concept. Thought you would just be. Stop crying because the crying made me uncomfortable. <laughs> She's the best. Yeah, she says, how is daddy in the ground and the sky at the same time? Is it like quantum superposition? Like <laughs> the dead alive cat that mom told me about? Oh, fuck. I don't know. God damn it. So I'm stupid. I can't do math. Well, right. Yeah, ex- exactly. And he still can't computer either. Right. Um, and this is this is where Charlie comes in and he's like, hey, um, we're several hundred thousand dollars in debt and he's like all right charlie okay i don't need your fucking fancy numbers all right you're a piece (laughs) of shit i wanted charlie's movie where's charlie's movie (laughs) 
from the makers of My Daddy's in Heaven. Damn it, Charlie, I can number these numbers just fine. That's an abacus, sir? You're just holding an abacus. You are. Comes a movie about everyone's favorite character who never got his due. Now, Charlie, you will call me Miss Wimplebottom, your highness the third. Right. Uh, sure. It's just the reports, Miss... Wimplebottom, uh, your highness the third. Right. Coming this June, Charlie, this bunch of assholes. Another thing, I done fed the money to, to the horses. Why? Horse food. Exactly. I'd watch that all day, every day. <laughs> also, why, like, they? he kept spreadsheets of the stuff on paper. Like, math still exists on paper. He did, like, two weeks of, like, paper instead of computer inventory. And, and they're fucked. lost? They lost all their money? How, I don't it, Well, how is it that their business was in a position where Grandpa running it for two weeks could leave them in crushing debt to begin with? Uh, Noah, counterpoint, put me in charge of the books for two well, weeks. Well, that's true. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> So then we cut to grandpa being all grumpy and stuff and, and the daughter's like, they're sitting at the table and the daughter's like, D does my stuffed dog get to go to heaven? He's like, fuck. Oh, oh, shut God, up. I doing... introduced the concept of the eternal to a child. Fuck. <laughs> doing quantum cryptography in my head. Shut up. <laughs> this is hard. All right. Well... Alice and Bob. Fuck. Those <laughs> Alice and Bob. All right, well, if we wait for a discernible story part to break out, we're going to be here all day. So we're going to call that the end of Act 2, and I'm going to give Act 3 the hard sell here. Does the stuffed dog go to heaven? Why the fuck aren't you answering, old man? Are you scared of the truth? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the eventual conclusion of My Daddy's in Heaven. All right, Sugar Plum, you get some sleep now. Papa? Yes, Daisy Dumplin'? A baby's in heaven? Yes, honey. God loves all the babies. What about the ones who don't know Jesus? Uh, well, there is some, some disagreement about that, but uh, the, the key... And are if, they in heaven as adults or as babies? Like, is their eternity just like a mobile? Or do they have, like, sandwiches and stuff? Because one would think limited well, capacity. Well, Tiger, tell me, that's, that's a great question. I, I don't rightly know. Really? Because I feel like that should be more spelled out, especially well, before you, you see, explain it. The Lord works. Yeah, it's mysterious. You mentioned that. So what about like serial killers? Honey, I don't think that's the right question. No, no, no. Like, like people who get so much pleasure out of killing people. And then at the last minute, they turn to Jesus. In heaven, do they get to rape and kill as many angels as they want? Because that's what makes them happy? Uh, yes. Okay. Good night, Grandpa. Good night, honey. Gonna rape so many angels. What? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the chains were too thick to file through, so we're back for more of this shit. We're gonna start off with Becca and June waking up all hungover and hedonistic. And wow. I know the movie's trying to sell us on like, oh, look at them ignoring their savior. And I'm just like, looks like they had an awesome night. Yeah, it seems fun. Yeah. She fell asleep mid-cracker, and I just wrote in my notes, wow, this movie is not kind to Heath. That's a sad <laughs> okay. way to fall asleep. But I would never not finish a cracker. That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> a fucking waste of a cracker. I mean, I, if I did, I'd eat it the next morning. Well, but, like, yes. I'm not an asshole. So, and then just to give you an idea how subtle this script is, 
uh, Becca's like, what day is it? And June's like, it's Sunday. And she's like, oh, Sunday's strange. They used to mean something to me back when I loved Jesus. <laughs> but but June wants to take her for like boozy brunch because that's what fucking Sundays are for. That's how you yeah. like little hair of the dog that bit us, right? <laughs> and honestly, given their knowledge of drinking, I thought they were going to just start eating literal dog hair. Like, <laughs> that would not have surprised me at that moment. She's got a Shih Tzu in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this is a morbid. But instead, Becca's like, no, you know what we need is an exterior shot. So they go out jogging. And June is not good at jogging. <laughs> I wonder I wonder to ride into the shot with an ATV. Like, oh, fuck, sorry. Like, oh, right. man. This is uncanny. I keep doing this. <laughs> really sorry. I have a blanket in case you get cold. No, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to point out that the point of this scene is for us to learn June's atheism story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And basically she's like, I don't know when God killed my husband and then specifically failed the test that I set for my belief. I stopped believing. And June's <laughs> like, yeah, I, uh, I also stopped believing in religion, but it didn't take missing a wish for me to yeah. let go of those thoughts. So, <laughs> right. No. Right. But the important thing to learn is that Becca is about ready to go full atheist. Mm-hmm. I wanted in the next scene to be her starting a blog and being like way more awkward in real life than people were expecting based on how confident she sounds on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So her hair then, grows out longer. Yeah. But they this go, is Noah's <laughs> origin story. How amazing. <laughs> so, it was then, all a dream. <laughs> it's, it's time to go on a dick safari. Mm-hmm. And I it, like, I had this weird, like, Oh my God, there's still half an hour. What is happening? And also like, how are they going to wrap this up in half an hour? Like at the same time, I was thinking both things. Wrap what up though? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Nothing's happening. So are they going to like create a story and finish it in half an hour? They're going to try to create like five stories and not finish it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, actually now in retrospect, I know that. But at at this point uh, on the dick safari, I was like, wait. Isn't this movie based on a children's book? <laughs> how, is the right. children's, how is the dick safari represented in the children's book? As the dick safari <laughs> scene goes on, I wrote that in my notes like 31 times. In the next like two paragraphs, I've got 31 times in my notes. A kid's book, guys. A kid's book. <laughs> All right. But before we can get to the, you know, the deep dick safari stuff, we've got to cut back to grandpa who is now in just like a tangled web we weave story about why you shouldn't lie to kids about death. (laughs) It's the best. She's just like, but wait, I don't understand. You're saying that a serial killer would go to heaven if he changed his mind at the last minute, but Gandhi's in hell. And he's like, oh boy. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I'll tell you what, I will give you $50,000 I do not have to stop talking. (laughs) Let me go see heaven. Should I just die or what? Wow. uh, No, it's invite only. (laughs) Will you kill me so I can go? No. Oh, I wouldn't go. No, you'd go. You'd go. But that's Uh, the best place, right? No. Fuck. Stop Uh. talking. (laughs) Who wants a new stuffed dog called shut the fuck up? (laughs) <laughs> so, Jump on that ATV over there. <laughs> Go, Go get me a blanket, blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and some Parmesan trunks. So, all right, so we go back to the bar. This is where we meet Bucky. Yes, Bucky. Yeah. Now, I want to point out that when Marvel did it, they were stuck with the names they'd given people in 1952. This <laughs> movie didn't have that to worry about. 
<laughs> just a normal grown up in a bar wearing a leather vest. Oh, Jesus Christ. His, his arms are comfortable temperature wise, but his torso <laughs> gets cold indoors. So he's got a nice thick leather yeah, vest. Yeah, right. No, clearly. And his name is Bucky. And he's like, yeah, Bucky and Becca. I like that. Also, pigs. I also like pigs. I'm into pigs and alliteration, apparently, <laughs> is how I start my conversations and flirting. So, uh, and here's how you really know you fucked up at the bar. She goes, I need to call my daughter. He's like, okay. So, uh, moving on to the uh, heavier friend. All right. <laughs> he literally just like turns his gaze. He's like, and second place. How'd you like that? Going to need you to be a little more subtle than this. <laughs> this is how the Nash equilibrium was figured out. <laughs> Where you cooperate? Never mind. It's not how it was figured out. That was just a thing they did for the movie. Yeah, that's fake. Um. So yeah. So Nashville. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's mind. exactly what we were talking about. Deep Eli. cut. We beautiful mind. Beautiful Nashville. mind. So okay. So it's okay. Thank you guys. She's on the phone <laughs> with Grandpa, and Grandpa's still too stupid to count. Um. And then we cut back into the bar where June is flirting with poor man Sam Elliott, and then it goes oh. all Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Uh, old dude's doing some serial killer level shit. I like yeah. where it was going. Good cathartic hate fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just a two man pig party, aren't you? Aren't oh. you? It's the best. He's his name's Jasper, uh -huh. and uh, he, he's he's a psychic. He's he's trying. He's basically he's trying to like neg her. He's doing all that yeah. like, pickup uh -huh. artist shit. And June is not a good target for this. He's like, oh, is that? Lint on your shirt all day, and she just like tackles him, <laughs> <laughs> stuffs it down his throat. Jasper yeah. becomes an incel. It doesn't go well. For him. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you haven't fucked to hurt and you're both crying, you're missing out. Oh, <laughs> she is fun. She just destroys this guy. I love it. Yeah. So she sends him away. Becca shows back up, and June's about to lose it. But then they drink more alcohol, and they're fine. That's how alcohol works. Yeah. They shift from angry to happy. Violently, yeah. and not just in this scene, but in this scene, it's just like smile, frown, smile. Like there's a director holding up word signs that yeah, are like, in the, like a Photoshop. Like now, tiger, you're a tiger. It's crazy. All right, so now they walk over to the pool table, and June's like, "Oh, I've fucked on a lot of pool tables," and I'm like, "Children's book." <laughs> I just, at this point, I just wrote, this movie is called My Daddy is in Heaven. <laughs> yep. But also, they're treating pool like they're in fucking like Footloose and the Music Man. Yes, like a, right. Like, hey, should we play some pool? It's like, you shut your whore mouth <laughs> with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool? Are you crazy? You suck. <laughs> what? Yeah, so, but before they can play pool, Madge has to call Becca. Madge was the bad cook with the bad plastic surgery lady, and she's calling to yell at her for her not being in the movie enough. Literally. And, and, there's this, <laughs> and again, I see what this movie is trying to do. This movie is trying to retrofit this part where, like, everyone in her terrible, abusive, hometown relationships was like, you belong here, goobble gobble, goobble gobble, one of us. <laughs> and over the years, as she's gotten Stockholm Syndrome, she's been like, yeah, that weekend I spent with my childhood friend was selfish, and you screaming at me on the phone for going out after 8 p.m. was okay. <laughs> I'll put it in the movie so you know how sorry I am for being an unkept woman for an hour and a half on a Saturday, six months after my husband died. 
So, exactly. Yeah, Madge is like, what's that noise? She's like, I'm at a bar. She's like, are you playing pocket billiards, you godless cunt? <laughs> <laughs> All right, just fucking relax. Oh, Madge. yeah. And by the way, Madge is like when they get an athlete to host Saturday Night Live, you know, <laughs> it's painful. So she gets off the phone. Then she goes back into the pool table to have innuendo with a random stranger. <laughs> cool. And the bend over and grab the stick scene. Again, all I could think about during this very, very intensely sexual scene is that like some Christian family all gathered around after grandma died. And they were like, come on, kids. I think this movie's got a lesson we can all learn. So you're saying I just grabbed the stick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just grabbed the fucking stick. That's like I've written in all caps. You're like, who is this goddamn movie for? <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So she goes to the bathroom, but the pool playing guy she was flirting with shows up to rape her in the bathroom. Children's book. Children's book. <laughs> <laughs> children's <laughs> Look, what the fuck happened here? Just like, okay, writer's room, plot slowing down, brainstorming time. No right. wrong answers. Just right. shout it out. Sexual assault scene. All right. Every time, Steve. All right, we're going to do it. But like, just don't always say that. All right. Great. But that's your one, Steve. You got to come up with, I'm going to say, four non-sexual assault related suggestions before we use another sexual assault. Three. All right. Three. So... So, yeah, so he goes to try to rape her. And then just then the um, the bouncer shows up, this enormous African-American gentleman by the name of Ronnie, mm-hmm. yep. who comes and saves her. And then she immediately screams at him uh, because he's black. Wait, we all have in our notes. <laughs> oh, my God. Is she just scared of black people? There is no other way to interpret what happens. This man rescues her from a rape. And her first thing is like, get off me. Yeah, see, yeah, exactly. Poor Ronnie. I feel like this happens to Ronnie on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> I said no, mister. Now come on, sugar lump. Don't fight back. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Are you okay? Oh, hey. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I wasn't doing nothing. Uh, help! Police! It's okay, ma'am. I'm not going to let him do anything. There's any- a black guy attacking me and my rapist. What? Please, someone stop this black guy from attacking me and my helpless rapist. Okay, you know what? Hey! I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Leaving. Okay, good. (sighs) Good. He's he's left. Now, where were we? (gasps) Did you see the black guy? No. In a bar? Okay, and, but by the way, and before we leave Ronnie uh, altogether, I have to point out that, again, I highlighted this in all of our notes. We all seem to feel that this scene was ending with Ronnie raping the white guy, right? Yeah, well, that's because he says, I'm going to rape this white guy, basically. <laughs> he goes, you and we're me in- are going to do a whole lot more than talk. And it's supposed to be like a good old Southern door don't put up with no shit. But it's, it's very <laughs> clearly rape. He's going to butt rape the guy. Yeah. He's going to rape that guy. So, <laughs> all right. So she stumbles away. Becca stumbles away. She's apparently forgotten that her friend is in the bar. Um, and this is where she trips over Earl the bum. Oh, my God. This is amazing. So <laughs> all of my notes on this scene are what actually happened. Well, so... right. But you wrote them before they <laughs> happened and thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. 
Because she runs into a bum. He's smudged with soot because he, you know, he's been sweeping chimneys all day. He's like, (laughs) can you help me show God's mercy? And then again, I wrote as a joke, God's not real, asshole. That's why you're homeless. And that's that's what she she does. Yes. Yes. He's got a little sign that says God is merciful as she starts trying to rip it up like the guy at the gay pride parade or yes, whatever. Like the proud boy. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah like, exactly. And she can't do it. And they have to cut. And then she just stomps it. That's all they came yeah, up with. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. And I'm just writing like, oh, what an atheist. And then a cop shows up to arrest her. Another black guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, she does not react as though like, oh, look. A policeman is here. She's just like, another one. There's That's two. I've seen two in my life now. Same night. <laughs> Crazy. It's like a white cat with red eyes. <laughs> oh, God. And then this is where she, like, finally does rip up the sign, but accidentally punches the cop, <laughs> which is so amazingly awkwardly not like an accidental thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like it's it's like me doing the, oh, I've spilled it on my shirt. Let me, you know, or whatever. It's that. She might as well have accidentally also said the N-word. Yes. Just like, you know what? I'm going to say the word trigger as I rip open this sign. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a crazy series of coincidences. So, All right. So she goes down to the station. I'm writing like, I will pay you to have a plot movie. I don't have much, but I'll give it up. This is a very important scene. This scene demonstrates how important white privilege is. <laughs> this woman has assaulted a police officer and the lieutenant is like, naughty, naughty, get on out of here. Yeah, <laughs> right. Gives her some noogies and sends her on her way. Not mad. I'm just disappointed, young lady. <laughs> You're white, though. Get the fuck out of here. That's I exactly how the scene plays Charging out. you with disorderly conduct and public drunkenness. By the way, The really important thing for you to know about what was going on in our notes at this point is we're all like, okay, this movie's an hour and a half long. There are 15 minutes left. What the fuck is going to happen in the next 15 minutes? Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, so I guess that's rock bottom for her, right? That's the fucking privileged white farmer's version of rock bottom. I got drunk, abused a bum, and went to jail for a night. punched a cop and didn't go to jail. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so she goes back to June's house. She's packing up to go home now. And again, I just want to be clear that, like, all June has done in this movie is offer her support and care. And the lesson that I guess Becca has learned is, like, you tempted me away from whatever. Yeah. Uh Something. Yeah. So, okay, so they're going back to the farm, the two of them together. Now, June, I I guess she's adopted June, and they're going to move back to the farm together. And they're on the bus. There are about 17 (laughs) minutes left in this movie, which is a spectacular time to introduce and kill off new characters. (laughs) Again, writer's room is like, all right, we fuck. I mean, we did did the sexual assault thing, and the plot slowed right the fuck back down. (laughs) Brainstorm one more time. New character, uh... Uh, dad with his son, they're grieving. Uh, dad looks like Martha Washington. Okay. <laughs> that was Done. specific, Steve. Um, I'm glad you moved past the sexual assault ideas. That's and then good. they get sexually assaulted. Damn All right. No, you had three. You said two one. more. You have we to have two five. more. We said five. <laughs> also, two, three to three. 
the, these characters shouting at each other in exposition was almost my best worst for this movie because he's literally just like, you don't know, Dad. My best friend, my dog, and my girlfriend all died in the same car crash. And he's like, that's a weird way to say <laughs> anything, let alone that sentence. What? Was that a riddle? Like, yeah, right. He's, he's fucking his dog <laughs> and his mom's the doctor? Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck are they going for? Well, and also, by the way, this actor delivers the whole my girlfriend and my best friend, my dog died in a car accident thing as though his parents got him the wrong transformer. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, is this the 18 year old kid? And first of all, because they started off like we open it up with the uh, with the uh, grandpa character going, we need to get you to Pastor Grayson. And I was sure this was going to be a gay conversion thing. But no, it wasn't. He's just like, oh, I'm so bummed. All the dog died in the car accident. Call. Right. And then he's like, well, you need your pills. And he's like, I don't need my pills, which he doesn't need his pills because he then goes into the bus bathroom and ODs on fentanyl. Yes. Yep. So he's a, he's a drug. Specific. He's a drug addict whose dog, best friend, and girlfriend died in a car accident, who also needs medication. <laughs> they just threw all the bad life stuff on that one character. Don't yeah. forget your diabetes and your AIDS. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Fire. He might as well come out of the bathroom in flames. <laughs> but no, instead he stumbles out all heroined up. So they stop the bus and they, and by the way, through this whole scene while he's going back to the bathroom and everything, the cameraman keeps cutting to this black guy very suspiciously. Like the cameraman thought he was going to steal something. <laughs> now there's a reason for that, right? This character, that guy suddenly shows up as a character now. Uh, but at the moment we don't know that. So they, they stop the bus, they pull the guy out and that random black guy is, is suddenly a major part of this movie. He's the one who's going to try to help get this kid to heaven right before he dies. I wanted her to panic and tell the black guy to leave, like the cop and Ronnie. She's like, get off of me. Where's that rapist? <laughs> so this is when this is how we learned that it was like the fentanyl. So somebody like looks in the, the bus bathroom and they're like, oh, look, look, it's a bottle that says fentanyl on the side. And there's a cartoonishly oversized needle that, I guess yeah. that super soaker was supposed to be the syringe she used. <laughs> and, the, and then somebody in the background says, he injected himself with drugs. Yes. <laughs> like off screen. Like, thanks, movie. We need it to be t like this character's <laughs> mental problems are similar to Becca's. Got it. Yes. Yes. We understand what's happening in the movie. These Great are job. very similar situations, you could say. All right. I'm on the bus, too. Okay. And so now, <laughs> instead of anyone administering CPR or turning him on his, on his side or anything like that, they all gather around to have a team prayer. He literally says, look, I don't care who this makes uncomfortable. Let's, he's like, I, I know this might not be the PC thing to do, but let's pray over this dead man. I shoot from the and, hip. And let's make a circle around him so in case anyone wanted to give him medical treatment, they couldn't. Right? Oh. We're, yeah. I wanted so badly for the camera to pull up and there's just EMTs with like the heart starting needle <laughs> just, just trying to get, to get in. Becca's boxing him out. June's just doing a great job blocking her man. Just <laughs> right up and under. She's up and under his pads. Can't get faster. <laughs> but just then, uh, uh, James, the, the dying heroin kid, accepts Jesus right before he uh, dies. Yeah, it's so stupid how it happens, too. The magical black guy is like, all right, you got 30 seconds to live. You got to accept Jesus now. And he's, you know, OD'd on fentanyl, so he doesn't say anything. And he's like, okay, 
Say nothing and we'll assume yeah. you said <laughs> yes to Jesus. Right. He's Blink. a Christian. He's a Christian. <laughs> also, there are nine okay. minutes left. In <laughs> this is where my serial killer theory comes from because the kid dies and Becca gets this ecstatic, happy <laughs> look on her face. So the only conclusion I can draw is that Becca realizes that the best thing that can happen to someone is that they die believing in Jesus. And then she goes on to kill hundreds, if not thousands of Christians to send them to heaven, right? <laughs> oh if, my God. And the sequel be, could be called Your Daddy is in Heaven. Yes. <laughs> Tell me that's not an amazing serial killer origin story. That is actually, that's pretty fucking good. All right. <laughs> so we cut to later that they've, they've come and gathered up, scraped up the dead kid or whatever. And the bus is still sitting there, by the way. And I'm just thinking like, okay, the kid's dead, but people have places to fucking get. Can we move the bus along? Oh, if that was a New York bus, they would have just rolled him into the baggage thing at the bottom. They would have been like two minutes late to Port Authority. <laughs> so, <laughs> just hail him a cab. Go. So, okay. So then a cop shows up. He knows Becca. He's like, hey, you know, as the movie ends, I will obviously be the love interest for you now that your husband's dead. And but but he's going to start off with uh, offering uh, her a ride home. Okay, he offers her a ride home, and then random black guy who very clearly also needs a ride, like walks over, like <laughs> heads off into the distance. The cop does not go. Hey man, would you also like a ride? He's like, no. Yeah. So my car is full now. It's one of those. Three seaters. It's a tricycle. <laughs> You're just going to want to hitch your way back through the south. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> By the way, I have a theory that random black guy here was supposed to be the Duke dude from What Would Jesus Do? Oh, not right? hurting because, anybody? Like, it was the same writer. And that's it's and it's the same character, right? Like very clearly, that's who he is. He's not hurting anybody. Ooh. So I, I think that's what he, and he couldn't get him. And he's like, well, we've made her scared of a lot of black people. Maybe we have one be good. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And by the way, like he gives her a wink and a nod, which at the time I was like, boy, they're excited about that man being dead. But now with Eli's theory, I'm feeling like he's the serial. He's a serial killer, too. And he's like, he could see it in her eyes. He's like, you got the taste for it now. Yeah, right. Got the taste. My work is done. Exactly. So. He's her animal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the cop drives him home. Um, and on the way, he's like, boy, that was amazing what you did back there. The way you all stood around while that kid died. Yep. Congratulations on the nothing you did. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also, he has to mention, he's like, look, I, I know the kid's dad is mad because of the medical assistant he didn't get. But, you know, I think he'll come around eventually. He'll <laughs> yeah, remember. It's uh... <laughs> probably for the best. If you think about it, even if he could get past you guys to do the CPR, it might not have worked. So, okay. So they pull up. To the farm. By the way, the cop has his overheads on. What? This is an emergency driving your future girlfriend home? Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and now she's back home and we get the little montage with her cuddling with the kid and June pacing back and forth, apparently wondering if she should fuck grandpa. What was <laughs> wrong with this? She was having trouble at the, like, yeah. Like her skin was starting to melt because she's an atheist <laughs> on like hollowed ground of this Christian property. Weird. So many crucifixes. She's burning. She yeah. does this. She gets the Bible. She gets the Bible from the beginning of the movie and she has like a little, oh, I think I'm going to come to Jesus now. But I wanted her so badly to just pick it up and be like, I just want it to be like it was in middle school. 
<laughs> and then she picks up the Bible and cries. And they'd made a we we didn't mention, it, but they made a big deal in the movie about how she doesn't cry. It's not her thing. And then when you see this actress cry, it, she turns so red it looks like she has a disease. And you're like, okay, yeah, no, I get why crying is not your thing. All right, but we can't fucking finish yet because now Becca has to go back and apologize to the homeless guy whose sign she ripped up. Again, counter plot for this movie. She's like, Earl, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to end the pain. You believe in Jesus, don't you? <laughs> Shoots him in the face, blackout. And that's the beginning of the next movie. That's, no, that's so good. That is good, actually. Yeah, you'd have to condense the hell out of this, but I think that could be done. All right, yeah. No, also, okay, so she's like, I'm not here to hurt you. I made you lunch. Here, have half of a barbecue sandwich. You can't even give this homeless guy the whole fucking sandwich, lady. I wanted him to reach for the other half and for her to be like, ah, ah, ah that's that's for me. That's my lunch. Okay. <laughs> it's not like you're skinny, Earl. You know what I'm saying? So, I wanted her to show up with a giant heavy casserole or some jello spaghetti or something. You know, <laughs> here you go, motherfucker. You're hungry enough. You need it. All right. So and, and then he's like, by the way, God does have mercy. And she's like, I know I'm going to hire you random homeless person who may or may not be mentally ill to work on my farm near my child. You know any discreet math? <laughs> yes, for the yes. farm though? Yes. Why would you need that for the farm? As we will learn from the next scene, yes, he's yep. an Excel expert who's down on his luck. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, accountant's been hard these last couple of years. <laughs> what? <laughs> it makes me ashamed to be a shrubist. And now, okay, it's July 4th again, and now everybody's super happy even though the husband died. Keep in yeah. mind, this is like the next July 4th, the one after the one he died at. And everybody's just partying along. Well, I assume they all cowboyed up. Oh, well, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and so this is really just a wrap-up scene, but it's so fucking poorly done. Like, June is dancing with her boyfriend, and I'm like, oh, that's not a person we've met. Why not? Cop comes over and asks her out, and she's like, no. But hey, yes. ask me again. And I, I wanted one of two things to happen. I either wanted him to shake her like an eight ball, or I wanted him to be like, do you want to dance? Just like immediately after, just like, do, do you want to dance? Yes. All right, now. Oh, okay. All right. This is a three times thing, like a genie. It's right, got to be like an odd numbered second. It's like with getting the fireworks on Mario. Um, and then, okay, so then Corbin Burnson gives his have fun or fuck off speech again. Um, the little we, we see the the homeless guy and Charlie <laughs> doing like math with Goodwill hunting on piece yeah. of glass. <laughs> planning, right. planning their gay wedding. Yeah, exactly. And then we get more little girl heaven narration. And this time we see dad in heaven. Heaven is uh, Wyoming. Apparently. <laughs> yep. Yep. And the speech from the little girl again, like, I finally understand heaven. If I get killed soon, I'm in. <laughs> going to ask for an ATV for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then, of course, we learn that this was all the origin story of a children's book in their little breakfast club clothes. Right. And then they turned that book into a series of yeah. themed children's books. About Jesus. All right. Well, obviously, the little girl was fucking awesome. She posed a few real stumpers about heaven along the way, but they could have been better. So to close things off for night, I'm going to put you guys in charge of the rewrite. 
what heaven questions do you write for the daughter? Uh, if daddy loved blowjobs more than anything and mommy's not in heaven, who's giving daddy a blowjob right now? <laughs> All right. Um, what about uh, what about? Okay, if nobody ages in heaven and I die as a kid, do I ever get to fuck, or do they, do they fuck kids in heaven? Like after a certain grace period? If yeah, they're not heaven, Catholic. I don't. I don't know the answer. If you're Protestant right away. on that one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and well, that does it for our review of my daddy is in heaven. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to pay the bills next month. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. Mormon movie month. Yeah. All right. Uh, Plenty uh, of Mormonism to come. What's, uh, what's our first selection? Uh, Joseph Smith, prophet of the restoration. Wait, 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 wait. This is a, a Mormon documentary about Joseph Smith? Yes. It's like a, a combination of our changing bodies and a bunch of lies about religion. It's great. It's oh, really awesome. awesome. <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> all right so with that to look forward to we're gonna bring episode 145 to a merciful close once again a huge thanks to all the patreon donors that help make the show go if you like to count yourself among their ranks you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash god awful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode plus a monthly secular bonus episode you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on itunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms if you enjoyed this show be sure to check out our sibling shows the scathing atheist citation needed in the skeptocrat available on itunes stitcher and wherever else podcasts live if you have questions comments or cinematic suggestions you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All of the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a check of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions. Promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Magical, angelic black guy went on to heroically watch hundreds more children die while he stands there. Ronnie is still fucking him, that cow. Becca's prayers went on to claim 200 more victims. She's <laughs> not very good. If we ever do a final episode, can we end our shows like it was all a dream? <laughs> <laughs> Pull off the new hard ending. Well, end Skeptocrat like it was just a dream we had during Scathing Atheist. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, when they get drunk enough, wants a sizzling. <laughs> You're going to burn your face. You but always no, burn your face. I like it like for sizzling. <laughs> I like spicy food. Everyone thinks they can handle spicy food and everyone's a sizzling fajita. You could just pour boiling hot sauce onto a pan and every drunk person would love it. <laughs> All right. Killer. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.